Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. A man very similar to me was hauled up on hate speech charges by the Pharisees and he was crucified subsequently. And the same thing's happening today and I'm prepared to be crucified. Well, talk about a martyr complex, uh, a man just convicted of willful promotion of hatred, comparing himself to Jesus Christ. That is James Sears. He is editor of something called Your Ward News. It's basically it's a free newspaper that's been distributed in the Toronto area for some time and has been a source of controversy for some time. So it was James Sears, uh, who was the editor in chief of this, and Leroy St. Germain, who was the publisher. Uh, Both have been convicted of willful promotion of hatred, specifically hatred directed against women and against Jews. The judge said in his ruling, quote, both men were fully aware of the unrelenting promotion of hate in your ward news. They intended that hatred to be delivered to others. Now, joining us uh, for some reaction and analysis of this verdict, uh, very pleased to welcome to the program uh, Mark Fryman. He's a member of the uh, Legal Task Force for the Center for Israel and Jewish Affairs and an expert uh, on hate and hate speech. Mark, thank you so much for joining us here. Welcome to the program. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, your initial reaction when you heard today that it was guilty for both men? Uh, I was pleased to see that the uh, criminal code provisions uh, can be successfully uh, used against peddlers of hatred. What was it about this publication and these two men in particular that warranted uh, a criminal conviction? Well, uh, they uh, were quite uh, outrageous and uh, quite deliberate uh, in uh, what they were doing. Uh, They're uh, well-financed and uh, uh, went about uh, distributing uh, by their own uh, telling, a million copies of uh, some of the most um, outrageous and despicable um, hate-filled propaganda that uh, I've seen in a long time. And its targets, as the judge rightfully found, uh, were both Jews and women. And uh, in in some of the most shocking uh, language and images uh, that I've seen in a long time. Yeah. What would you say to those who would argue, though, that, I mean, these are a couple of of cranks, a couple of fringe individuals, uh, that this publication had no serious following. Does that that matter? Uh, Well, I'm not sure that it has no serious following, and uh, yes, it does matter. Um, We've seen uh, in the 20th century, and unfortunately, we're seeing in the 21st century that uh, it doesn't take much uh, to spark uh, some pretty horrible things. And the first spark uh, uh, can uh, light uh, tinder uh, in unusual places. We saw the violence uh, in the United States uh, in Charlottesville uh, that can be ignited by these sorts of hate groups. Uh, uh, Social media, um, the Internet, uh, uh, it's a fertile field for spreading this sort of uh, hate propaganda. And when people like uh, Mr. Sears uh, and his financial backers uh, distribute this widely uh, door-to-door and then widely over the Internet, uh, they can find purchase for their views. What kind of sentences might they be looking at? 
Well, uh, the provision under which they were charged carries a maximum prison sentence of six months. Do you think prison would be appropriate? I'm not sure. Um, I leave that to the judge. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think that it's inappropriate uh, to send them for uh, a brief period of incarceration, just to send a message as to uh, how serious this is. Uh, the conviction is important. I played that clip at the outset where I mean, there, there's clearly no remorse here. They, they don't feel at all bad about anything they've done. Uh, and in fact, this might even further retrench their, their views uh, on society, that somehow they're, they're being persecuted because of their views, that they're martyrs. Well, um, they, yeah, I've, um, <laughs> I've been following this for quite a while, and uh, uh, I was... Uh, uh, there for the hearings uh, in their uh, postal uh, case uh, where uh, they appealed the post office decision to uh, ban them uh, mailing privileges uh, mm-hmm. for the uh, uh, the postal version of uh, uh, this material and they were quite open about how they, they wanted the publicity that uh, uh, this sort of thing attracted, but it's a it's a two-edged uh, sword. Uh, it's very important for uh, our judicial system, which represents all of our uh, values, to come out strongly and to say, "Yeah, you may want the publicity from this," and the publicity we're giving you is that our values are directly opposed to this, and we condemn you. Uh, you want publicity? Here's the publicity. You are condemned. This is not Canadian. This is opposed to our values. Well, that's important to point out because I think there is that fear that when we prosecute individuals like this, we give them additional profile, which obviously we do. But as you say, there is there is value in the condemnation. The condemnation is everything. Uh, we stand up. Canada stands up for what's important and what what we believe and what we stand for. And uh, uh, that, to me, uh, is worth uh, everything, and it's worth exposing them. Let them stand up and say that uh, they are the heirs to a proud tradition of martyrdom, Um, and let our judicial system say, not so fast. All that you are are two-bit cranks, but you are two-bit cranks trying to introduce hatred where it doesn't belong, and we will stand up against you. Yeah. Well, this this verdict today, I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean the end of the newspaper. And, I mean, there there is the possibility that even if they end up serving a bit of time in jail or they pay a fine, uh, that this, this publication will continue, that they'll just go back to doing what they were doing before. Well, um, I don't, uh, I think in the short run it might, but the judicial system is not a paper tiger or toothless. Uh, if they continue, there are contempt remedies and the fines go up. Uh, and the periods of potential incarceration for disobeying an order to cease and desist uh, also goes up. Uh, you can't thumb your nose at the system forever. Do you think that this could mark the end of, of your ward news once and for all? I think it, can, it marks the beginning of the end. Um, we'll see um, whether they they want to keep fighting, and I'm encouraged to believe that uh, our system and our values will stand up to them and will continue to pursue them, and that our values and our charter values will prevail, and it will mark the end of your award news. 
When it comes to this criminal code charge of willful promotion of hatred, it's not one that's often invoked. And, and from what I understand, no. it's a fairly high bar for laying such a charge. Uh, do, do you think that, that the line, the threshold is pretty clear for what constitutes criminal promotion of hatred versus what we would otherwise leave alone as, as free speech? I think, it, I think there's a, a very, very clear line, and it's very high. In fact, in the past, I've been concerned that it was too high and that it might be uh, so high that it's impossible to clear that bar. Uh, and this case has made it clear that um, it's not so high that people who uh, thumb their nose at decency and uh, who intentionally try to promote hatred will be brought to justice. And that's, that's really a good story, and uh, I find that uh, very heartening. And I don't think uh, that uh, people who are concerned about uh, individual freedom and about expressive freedom need to be concerned. The courts have made it clear that uh, only the most extreme sorts of vilification and only the most extreme sorts of calls to detestation uh, can pass the bar. It has to be really, really clear. And um, I hate to say it, but anybody who has read your award news um, would know what they're dealing with. You really feel like you have to wash your hands and uh, uh, maybe take a hot shower. Yeah, it's pretty disturbing uh, stuff, some of what I've seen. And I guess what's also troubling about it, I mean, you alluded to it earlier, the fact that, you know, they were sending this out to people unsolicited, right? I mean, it's one thing if if hateful people are going to go seek out hateful material, but uh, a lot of people were on the receiving end of this publication who, who were obviously aghast by what they were seeing. And, uh, and they reveled in the fact that uh, people were complaining and they were able to continue to insist on having it delivered despite complaints. And they, in fact, uh, brought complaints against uh, post office employees, letter carriers, uh, who wanted to refuse to deliver it. Uh, and they uh, they brought complaints uh, against letter carriers uh, who weren't willing to deliver this material, saying that uh, they were uh, in neglect of their duties. So uh, these aren't nice people. They were playing the system for all that it's worth and then uh, uh, laughing behind everyone's back yeah. that they were manipulating the system by forcing taxpayers, in effect, to subsidize the promotion of hatred uh, through uh, the uh, 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 advertising rate uh, post office charges that they were able to uh, to benefit from, uh, and then uh, that they were forced uh, they were able to force people against their will to deliver this, as well as force people against their will to receive this. One more background, so, uh, yeah, yeah. It, uh, all around, uh, it was uh, an attempt to uh, laugh at people, laugh at the system. And at the same time, uh, uh, promote hatred. And so uh, this uh, conviction is really a good news story for uh, decent people everywhere in Canada and for charter values. More background on the case, cija.ca. Mark, thank you so much for joining us here today. really appreciate this. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Take care. Uh, Mark Fryman is uh, part of the uh, Center for Israel and Jewish Affairs on their legal task force, someone who's been following this case for some time. So James Sears, Leroy St. Germain, the two convicted today. Uh, and you know, I, mean, I refer to them as cranks, and that's, that's putting it mildly. These guys are way, way, way out there. You know, some of the stuff they put in this, this publication was just, just so 
insanely just ridiculous over the top, but just deeply, deeply hateful. And it was very much by design. Now, part of what they tried to argue with the trial was that this was satire, which didn't fly at all with the judge. The judge saw right through that. Again, both men were fully aware of the unrelenting promotion of hate, is what the judge found. Uh, For example, here's um, from the Canadian Press account of this today. The paper also contains repeated claims of a worldwide bloodthirsty Jewish conspiracy. Images depict Jews as devils with serpent tongues and reptilian hands, argues that Jews were behind the 9-11 attacks, that the Holocaust was a Jewish myth to strengthen their control of the world, uh, and on and on it goes. That's the kind of stuff they were churning out on a regular basis. Uh, By the way, Sears uh, actually used to have a medical license that he lost in the early 90s for sexual misconduct with three women. So they face a maximum sentence of $5,000 or up to six months in jail. There's a sentencing hearing set for late April, April 26, I believe. Our number here, 403-974-8255, 974-TALK. We are back with more right after this. All right, 974-8255. Coming about after uh, 1.30, and I suppose there's some overlap between these topics. But uh, we're going to hear from Michael Kent, who's a curator at Library and Archives Canada, and talk about this book that they purchased that was, in fact, once owned by Adolf Hitler. And the kind of information it contained is the kind of information that might be useful uh, if the Nazis were one day in control of, of North America and looking to implement some kind of a final solution here as well. So it is disturbing, but it, you know, it's, it's certainly significant historically. We'll talk about that coming up after 1.30. Uh, 974-8255, talking about the Your Ward News publication again a, a toronto it was I, technically a newspaper it feels weird to call it a newspaper but essentially that's what it was or is i mean it still exists i mean it sounds as though you call it your ward news right well if you live in a city you live in a ward and you might want to know what's going on in your ward and look here's a newspaper on my doorstep and it's called your ward news Great, I'm going to find out what's going on here in Ward 12. Uh, You pick it up and it's just a bunch of anti-Semitic filth. Just grotesque, ridiculous conspiracy theories. And and they they reveled in that. Look, I I don't think they had any kind of serious following. But clearly they loved the attention. So it's one thing to, to set up a publication. You put the word out. Hey, Nazis, anti-Semites, you know, we're writing this uh, anti-Semitic newspaper. Let us know if you want to subscribe. These guys are going out of the way just to send it to everybody or as many people as possible. Now, look, I, I really don't think for a moment that anybody who received your ward news on their doorstep, you know, bought into any of this. But gee, and I used to really like Jewish people, but reading your ward news, maybe I was wrong the whole time. I don't think there was any of that. People complained. You had mail carriers who didn't want to deliver this newspaper, understandably. Uh, And they thought it was great. So there is that that risk that you elevate their platform even further. You give them that that martyrdom status. 
Obviously, a lot more people have now heard of these individuals than would otherwise have been the case. But again, I mean, do you ignore this? There has to be a high threshold when it comes to that criminal code charge. Right? Free speech still has to matter in this country. But we do have those provisions under the Criminal Code of Canada dealing with uh, the promotion of hatred uh, and the promotion of genocide. It's sections 318 and 319 of the Criminal Code. 319, 318 rather, is what deals with the uh, promotion or advocacy of genocide. Section 319 deals with the public incitement of hatred and the willful promotion of hatred. Now, those charges have some built-in defenses. That if you're able to establish what you were saying is true, you cannot be charged or convicted. If in good faith, you're attempting to establish an argument or opinion on a religious subject or an opinion based on a belief in a religious text. So if you're trying to have an honest and forthright debate about religion or a particular religion or a particular verse of the Quran or the Bible or the Torah or to condemn it, again, that's a legitimate defense. If the statements were relevant to any subject of public interest, the discussion of which was for the public interest, or if in good faith someone is intending to point out for the purpose of removal matters producing or tending to produce feelings of hatred towards an identifiable group. In other words, if you're trying to highlight Look at this editorial that was published in this crazy newspaper. Look at this cartoon that was published on this hateful website. You're not guilty of promoting hatred because you are pointing it out in good faith because you want it removed. So Section 319 allows for those defenses. But essentially the charge of willful promotion of hatred is that everyone who by communicating statements other than in private conversation willfully promotes hatred against any identifiable group is guilty of an indictable offense or an offense punishable on summary conviction. Now you might recall that this actually came up. It was uh, back in early 2017 Conservative Party Michael Chong, uh, Conservative MP Michael Chong, proposed eliminating that section of the criminal code. And it's funny because it didn't get a lot of attention at the time. And there weren't a lot of other conservatives who, who got on that bandwagon because Michael Chong was kind of going against what his party was worked up about at the time. This whole big outcry over Motion 103, M103. And there were all these fears that was going to trample freedom of speech in Canada. And, of course, it was a whole big nothing burger the whole time. And Michael Chong proposed something pretty reasonable. Instead of getting worked up about this phantom fear, why don't we do something meaningful for free speech in Canada by eliminating Section 319 of the Criminal Code? So the right way to counteract hate speech is free speech, not the criminal code. Section 319 of the criminal code is too expansive an interpretation of the harm principle. In addition, Section 319 risks putting a chill on debate, forcing these debates underground where they can fester and create real resentment. So someone who's proposing something meaningful to protect free uh, speech in Canada, uh, he was dismissed as uh, a cock, basically. In hindsight, maybe more should have listened to him especially if people feel as though what happened today goes too far. As reprehensible as these individuals are, should they be convicted of a crime? 
is what they did criminal activity. The law still exists. It's not up to the judge whether the law exists. If it does, they have to decide on that basis. And that's what happened today. There is the risk that you drive this underground. Got a text here. It says, Rob, I'd rather know what the cranks are saying, not push them into the background. I don't believe in the hate speech concept. And I think, you know, there is something to that. I think these guys have learned a lesson. Not at all. Not at all. Quite the opposite. I think it just reinforces their worldview. They feel like martyrs. So whatever the penalty is, on the other side of it, they're just going to find other ways of trying to get the word out. They have some notoriety now. So if other hateful people want to promote these views, maybe these guys uh, are ways of doing that. Come this weekend to our big Nazi events. We've got James Sears and Leroy St. Germain who are going to be speaking. Because for other people who share this worldview, they'll also now see them as martyrs. And there might actually be, it's twisted, but there actually might be more interest in, in hearing what they have to say in certain quarters. So there are ways in which this might backfire. Even though this is a clear condemnation from society about what it was they are publishing. All right, 974-8255 is our number, 974-TALK. Back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.